For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or CrestwoodDental.com. This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. Powered by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, and Jamie Rivers. It is a Thursday in St. Louis. Blues and Avalanche tonight. We got big things happening this weekend. Gentlemen, hello. Hello, Donnie. How hey, are you Don. doing today? Oh man, I'm I'm running hot today. Why? Uh-oh. What's going on? What and, happened? You know, it's nothing that it, that uh, that has really happened. But uh, and I don't know the like best way to just, to say this. But one, I got a lot going on, and then two, there's work stuff kind of percolating. So it's nothing that's bad. But I'm I got contract negotiations coming up in a bit, and I'm starting to get kind of my uh, agita about that. Sure, to steal a little, little word from Liz, a little anxiety. Yeah, man. I and get so, that. so you know, man, just that. I get that with the kind you, of money uh, you make. That is emotional, man. It is a <laughs> Honestly, big deal. That's a I saw lot. His, I saw all three of uh, Donnie's lawyers here earlier. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Multi-year deal. I hear is in the works. Well, no, but listen seriously. I'm going to say this, and you guys can laugh Do you at need me. Character and it's witnesses no, for this. Listen. Is, I'm not available. Is it if a two-way you, contract? If you are, I, I would think that I <laughs> would be on. Down to, man, I would <laughs> think I'd be on a on a one-way at this point. Oh, that's that Nobody is heard not it. right. Nobody heard it. Yeah, uh, they did. Yeah, uh, ship me down to AM. That's who fine. Said that? That's fine. About? I meant in the morning. Yeah, the morning mornings. slot. Hey, what's wrong with you? That's not what you meant. Hey. I have no idea. Anyway, it's you guys weird. are great. No, man, that's all. It's not even like a big deal. I'm just, you know, Well, man, you know what's really just cool? Just a little, little lodged. That's what I love about the three of us getting together and playing a little hockey grab asses. It can change your day. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It has and absolutely will before. You know? Yeah, and I'm not prepared, so today's show, probably not, but future shows. <laughs> You're not prepared? No. Yeah, I got nothing. Kind of par for the course. <laughs> that's not true. Yeah, well, that's not I true. think one of the first things we need to make sure that we remind everybody is that we're out on Saturday, uh, Brett Hulse Junction House in Winsville. Uh, starting at three, we will have the Golden Brett uh, on stage. Uh, you know, we're going to do a last minute blues podcast. Then we're going to turn things over to some Q and A from the uh, from the audience. So you're going to have the chance to to uh, to ask Brett a question. And uh, I'm just really unbelievably excited and hope the place is packed on what, Saturday. What is your? Do you have a list of questions? For him yet? I've started scribbling topics, topics? not necessarily questions. I like right, that what idea. I like that idea because then you can formulate the questions based on the topics. Absolutely so. And then I mean, I, that's a good strategy. I feel like uh, Who I told feel, you that. Uh, I kind of came up with it myself. Wow. Yeah. What are your subjects? Because I, I I just wrote down subjects too when I was going to talk to him about the automotive world. So you're not you're not going there, are you? No, I don't okay. think so. No, no, no. Right. But I mean, I, I, obviously, there's plenty to ask him about our friend Jamie Rivers over here. Yo, All right, whoa, whoa. that is that there's is thirty minutes. That, that's sort of there. the focus there. You know, keep I, the feet I, moving through that one. I find it fascinating. You know that he became a superstar as the son of a superstar. Yeah. Uh, also, too, I, I mean, we got to ask him about Mike Keenan and and that whole absolute disaster. 
roster. How how a guy like Brett Hall can be ran out of town along with those other players at that time mm-hmm. is just incredible to me. And I mean, you know, man, I mean, that's just kind of the the start of it. Could could a coach run a big star player out of town nowadays? And and does is it continuing to happen? Um. Well, look at Jack Eichel right now, and I don't think that's the coach. I mean, that's the front office management type stuff. I think the coach, that that power is kind of gone now. I mean, you look at Mike Babcock in Toronto where he pulled some stunts that were unappreciated by the players, and what happened? You know, Mike Babcock was way easier to get rid of than Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner. Right. Um, So I I don't think that happens anymore as far as a guy being blackballed and just ran out of town. I think that there's too much information available, and players are too – uh, too outgoing now. They'll take to socials. They'll take their agent. Will take to social media. They'll talk to. The, they'll do a podcast. They'll do something to where they're like, yeah, you know what? This isn't true. This is really what's going on, or this is what happened. So I, it's better off that nobody has the ultimate power. I mean, at the end of the day, it's got to be an agreement. The players are out there playing. And the coach has to coach the team, so why don't you work together type thing. Uh, we have talked before about your issues with Mike Babcock, even though the guy's an incredible hockey mind. I don't get it. And also, uh, Mike, he, he I almost to came he over the freaking counter. I swear to God. I thought you were serious for a no, second. Oh, my about goodness. To wrap this mic around your head. No, 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 not at all. But The if facial you were, expressions oh, of both, however, were really great. Jeff for his joke, Jamie for just a split second before he didn't realize that it was a joke. It was pretty great to see. Yeah. The temperature got up a little bit. <laughs> it did, man. Have to cool it, it, almost, down in here. it almost spiked. Yeah, man. Gosh. But if you were. Uh, I, sh- I shouldn't say that. When they were messing with you as a young player back in the day, would you have gone to social media and complained? No, I mean, I wouldn't have. First of all, when I don't know. The era I came up in, and it's not good or bad or indifferent. It's just, you know, you were respectful of the fact that you were in the National Hockey League. And let's be honest, that's the era where the coach is always right and the player is always wrong. That's the bottom line. So, I mean, if you flip-flopped it to today, I would have had the same problem because the way I played – now plays like yeah. it, it would have been a totally different story. They'd have been like, okay, I guess we'll kind of teach this guy to play defense, but apart from that, let's let him play offense, right. you know, because that's what we want. We want guys who can skate and handle the puck and do all that stuff. Whereas when I came in, uh, the Mike Keenan model for me, anyways, was well, let's change him into a defensive defenseman. It's like trying to train a Clydesdale to be a thoroughbred. It's like, what are we doing here? You know, it just didn't make any sense. But either way, I. I I think nowadays my agent would have been maybe a little more involved. Right. But people would have had more of an idea, too, of what kind of player I was. They'd have more access to YouTube clips and games and, you know, all sorts of things that are available to where back then they're like, well, his stats look good, but we've never really seen him play. Maybe he, maybe he isn't very good. You right. know, that kind of thing. The other day uh, I was listening to uh, to you guys on the fast lane, and I'm not just saying this because you're in the room because God knows I would love to not think this, but I love <laughs> listening to you guys, man. I Thank love you. it. I, you guys are all – I love your personalities. It's just – it's a really tremendous listen. But one of the things that you guys were talking about uh, was obviously – was Vladimir Tarasenko, and you kind of had this – it was sort of like just an offhanded remark about how potentially Montreal and Toronto could be two teams that might be after 91. Mm-hmm. But I, this question is more geared towards the, the, the Leafs in general. Uh, it's it's the hockey capital of the friggin' universe, all right? They cannot get it right, seemingly. What is what is going on there? Because it seems like, outsider looking in, and again, tell me if I'm wrong, they are so top-heavy uh, with, with, with forwards and with payroll that... Their defense is just not strong enough 
you know, to kind of balance out mm-hmm. the great forwards that they have. Is that part of the issue, or or what the heck is going on there? Because I kind of root for the Leafs too, man. Like they're yeah. just one of those teams. Uh, I mean, maybe in years past, last year they had a pretty good all around team. They did. You know, they ran into some goaltending problems, but then. Then uh, the young Jack Campbell stepped up, and he was fantastic for them and set a franchise record for wins in a row for a goalie to start his career, basically, with the Leafs. And I don't really know what's going on there right now. But the reason I brought up the Leafs and the Canadians in that Tarasenko discussion is not because I know anything more than anybody else. Yeah, I'm just isolating two mega hockey markets that the media, there's like 100 members of the media at the rink every single day. And if they're losing... You have to make a change. You have to do something to appease the the hungry media that are like, why are you just standing pat here when you you suck right now type thing. So if I'm if I'm Doug Armstrong, I'm looking at their roster. I'm going, hmm, I really like this defenseman. He makes about five million, five and a half. If I ate two million of Laddie's contract, maybe we have a deal here. Maybe we can do that. They get a little bit of a change up in their their cities and their hockey markets create a buzz with a dynamic player who's playing fantastic hockey. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, maybe you oil the squeaky wheel here in St. Louis as far as addressing that need for another top four defenseman. I don't know if that's the case. Right. Vladdy's playing great right now. So as far as I'm concerned, you just wind him up and let him go until you find something that's absolutely perfect for you. You know, we started off uh, <clears throat> pretty well. What, 5-0? and Yes. I mean, that's where we currently reside. We're currently still there, Jeff. Okay, yes. thank yeah. you. What's today? Um, <laughs> I think it's a really good thing that we did because we got no sod. We got no Ryan O'Reilly for a little while. Remember when we played Colorado and they were without a, a few people? Now it's our turn. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen with the lineup? Well, let's remember something here. We're 5-0, and and we've been without Buchnevich for two games. Well, almost three, really. He played a couple of shifts in the first period, scored a goal, which was great, but then, you know, Headbutted a guy in the face and was out of the game, which it is what it is. But so I'd say two and a half games of without Pavel Buchnevich. Was it been three games now without Brandon Saad yep. and, and counting? And now you're without Ryan O'Reilly. You get Booch back in the lineup. But the Blues have been able to get through this. Ryan O'Reilly is a little bit of a different story. This guy is your well, he's your captain for one thing, but he's your He's the the engine of the team, right? Like he plays power play, penalty kill, big face offs defensively against the other team's top line. So that's going to be bigger shoes to fill. Uh, talking to Chief yesterday on the fast lane. Yep. Uh, he he gives us nuggets all the time. It's great. Like he talks to some of the media, and he just well, you know, just going to see what happens. He slides in little nuggets for us. I'm like, thank you, sir. He be seems like he's on the edge of like tolerating and loving you guys at the same time. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think he's probably one of those guys that loves you but doesn't want you to know it or something like it's that. It's kind of like a marriage. Yeah. It's kind of like a marriage. No, Chief, I've talked to Chief a number of times about his his spots on, on the fast lane, and he really enjoys it. Good. You know, he's like, you guys are fun. Uh, you don't, like, press me, uh, like, you know, about certain th- situations, which uh, yesterday I asked him about Vladimir Tarasenko in a, in a different way. And he gave us more information than I thought he was ever going to give. Like, he hasn't really given much lately uh, to most media members. He gave us a little something extra. But uh, getting back to the original comment here or the re- original topic, uh, he told us that Tyler Bozak will be moved up to between Buchnevich and Kairou and that Braden Shen will take Ryan O'Reilly's spot with uh, Klim Shady and David Perron. And that the fourth line, this is the one that nobody knew about, and this is the extra nugget, the bonus package from Chief, was that Dakota Joshua will be playing center between Jake Neighbors and James Neal. Wow. Fourth line. Fourth line. 
Wow. And the third line will stay identical. He loves right now, he loves the chemistry of Barbashev, Thomas, and Tarasenko. And I don't blame him. They're playing fantastic. Dudes, we're friggin' good. Yeah, and deep. And deep. deep. And, fa- and fast as well. I, I, keep, I know I keep saying that. But that's tonight's going to put that to the test with no Ryan O. So like, so with Ryan O. not with with O'Reilly not Ryan playing. O. So like so stop. So d- so is it? It's not stop giving him compliments. I give him a compliment. <laughs> with you. Can't insult him. Can't compliment him. So, so is it? Is it? It's not just going to be one person filling in for all of those things that Ryan O'Reilly does. It's going to be a group effort by a bunch of different guys. Yeah, right? look, you don't have. You don't have anybody that can play the minutes of Ryan O'Reilly the way he does. So Tyler Bozak, I love Tyler Bozak as a player. I love him. He's great on faceoffs. He's solid defensively. He can play in the last minute of the game, whether you're behind a goal or ahead of a goal, doesn't matter. He does have a lot of the same qualities as Ryan O'Reilly, and that's great. That's a bonus package there. Uh, but you include Dakota Joshua. Okay, that We watched preseason. Dakota Joshua killed penalties the entire preseason. It's a bit of foreshadowing at that point. You're like, oh, I wonder what Chief's trying to do here. Well, now's the situation. Ryan O'Reilly's a penalty killer. He's out. Does Dakota Joshua get a tap on the shoulder and get to kill penalties? I don't know. Colorado's a heck of a I was team. Say, right, against right. Colorado. But remember Ooh. game one of the season? Guess who was killing penalties against Colorado? Jake Neighbors. Jake Neighbors was killing penalties with Braden Shen against the Colorado Avalanche in his very first NHL game ever at high altitude against one of the best teams in the NHL. They were minus Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, still a damn good hockey club. So we'll see. Chief is showing confidence in these young guys in an unprecedented way for Craig Berube, and I love it. The, just think of the experience Jake Neighbors as a 19-year-old has already had in just a handful of games, the, the situations he's been put in already, and he's been shining already. We, we, I mean, and we've, asked, we've asked this before, but, I mean, has he been told, like, Yo, man, find a, find no, a place. No, not that I know of. Not I, yet. And look, at, they're probably not going to say that until the nine-game mark, and simply because you'd like to make sure, right? But here's where I do the math a little bit. This is going to be game six for Jake Neighbors. So if you're Jake Neighbors, this is how you're doing the math. No, is this is if, I, okay. if I'm his agent, okay. or if I'm just you, Donnie. I'll, okay. go, I'll do the math for you because I know you struggle. Thank um, you, man. And Thank you wouldn't you. wear that shirt. No, I wouldn't wear that shirt. Anyway. God. Although it looks good on you, Donnie. Um Jake Neighbors is sitting at six games played tonight once he touches the ice, and that leaves three games left. How many more games is Ryan O'Reilly out? A minimum? Three more games. So you got to imagine that you're not going to replace Jake Neighbors with a Kyle Clifford at this point or Dakota Joshua simply because he's been here the whole time. So you're probably going to keep him in the lineup, which means he's going to get to that 10-game ten ten threshold. He's going to cross the nine games. So I think it's just a matter of the kid being patient right now. If I'm the kid, I don't even worry about it. I'm like, I'm really happy right now, Braden Shen's house, which is probably going to be nicer than the house I get, by <laughs> right. the way. Right. Braden Shen is throwing steaks on the grill. He's walking Griff with me. Griff is his dog, we found out from Jake Neighbors on the fast lane. He walks Griff and hangs out. And Are you kidding me? It's a dream world, dude. dude. If you had taken me and plopped me into, I don't know, who at the time, uh, like, not Brad Hall, because that's a bit of a mega star, but... <laughs> You know, if Al McInnes' house, let's say, and Chopper's like, hey, come live with me, he would have never done that. No, of Trust course me. not. <laughs> and I don't blame him. I don't blame him. That would have been interesting for sure. But, you know, you get thrust into a spot where you're, like, hanging out with one of the leadership guys on your team, one of the best players, long-term contract. That's the life, man. 
perfect. What is what are his living conditions going to go from one to the other? Like from well, he'll brain still, chance, he'll still be fine. You think so? Oh, I, th- I oh, think he'll, I think he'll be. He's fine. not going to be at a hotel renting by the week. Is that what you're saying? No, no. But you, <laughs> I tell you what, it's going to drastically change. Oh yeah, what I'm yeah. Saying. And you what go I'm from seven million dollars a year over eight million <laughs> eight year contract plus whatever he's already made. That house is pretty sweet. Yeah, there's going to be less parking. You Let's go, just put it that way. You go to like your your almost league minimum to a guy who has no bank account. As far as from before, he's going to get a nice little one-bedroom condo and live very modestly for his first year. That's what I did. I had a little apartment down um, in, in Central West End. I loved it, by the way. It was like top floor, all this stuff. But it was a small little place, and I loved it. I didn't need anything more than that. You're right. at your house to sleep, basically. That's it. So, And other stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, it was and great. eat. And eat. Right. <laughs> and stumble home from <laughs> right. MP O'Reilly's. <laughs> Thursday night, God, it was fun. Oh my goodness! So I have. Um, <laughs> is it bad that is it bad that that was one of the prerequisites that I was close to? <laughs> nah, man. I mean, as like a as like a young man, I, yeah. a young athlete, I think that's probably a prerequisite. You know? Yeah. yeah so, and it was a church nearby too. I used to go oh, there more good. often. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, good, yeah, good, yeah, good. You've got to have the balance, Jamie. Yeah. I mean, so deeply uh, religious experience. I've got a a Hulu subscription, so that uh, right, automatically right. signs me up for ESPN Plus. Oh, dudes, I have watched. A lot of hockey lately, including last night. I watched Dallas and Vegas, and holy smokes, Vegas is real good. Yeah. And 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 to me, they kind of feel like that team that can just kind of mess around for forty minutes, fifty minutes, yeah, even. Been bad this yeah, year. Yeah, I was going to say they haven't started off well. So, right? which, which doesn't really mean a whole heck of a no. lot in the grand scheme of things. That's what I wanted but to ask. It feels you, more important when you start five five and zero oh as opposed to you know three and two or something. yeah. I think, I think they're like two and five or two I, and four now or something. Yeah, but, but I wanted to ask you specifically about that in a slow start because you know we're making a super big deal of 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 starting the year five and zero. Oh. Uh, one. It's a big deal, but how big of a deal is it really? And then if you're on the flip side of that, maybe you're you know you're you're two and three or one mm-hmm. and four or whatever, five games in, how much does it really matter? Yeah, I think it's great for the Blues because they've had a little bit of a change of identity back to what we think is more St. Louis Blues hockey. Add the speed to your point, Jeff, of unexpected speed from the young guys too prominently. So I think that's a big thing for the Blues right now to come out. And they've been disappointed. We as a fan base and they as an organization have been disappointed with their playoff performances the last two years. So 5-0, and yes, that's a great start. For the Vegas Golden Knights, who have been so good, and they know that they've got this bullpen of guys that, you know, right now Pacioretty and Stone are out. Petro's not playing very well right now. We know Petro's going to come around. We know he's going to get back to being one of the best defensemen in the NHL. We know Pacioretty's going to get his 25 to 30 goals. So is Mark Stone. There's nothing to worry about if you're the Vegas Golden Knights. If you're in the same kind of a start when you're, I don't know, the Minnesota Wild, let's say, a team that's kind of middle of the pack. Mm -hmm. Look at the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. People are panicking because they're in that kind of a start. That's when there's a problem because you don't necessarily know that you're going to pull yourself out of that hole. You don't want want to dig the hole too deep, trust me. But being that this is an 82-game schedule, this year not a 56-game schedule, there's a lot of runway left for a good team. Boy, oh boy. What do you? What, what is in your head if you're a team like Florida that has gone on this run as well? Seven and oh, oh boy, yeah. And then, but then also, do we even go there right now? Uh, it's oh up my. to you guys. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I think I think it has to be discussed. Yeah, I think exactly. I think we'd be idiots or whatever you want to call it, ignorant not to discuss everything that's gone on in Chicago. Did you guys yeah. catch that interview by the way yesterday? Uh, Rick Westhead does an incredible job for TSN, and, yes. and Westy's a friend of mine, 
and uh, he conducted that interview with with Kyle Beach, and uh, wow, I thought it was, uh, wow. I thought it was amazing. It was powerful. Yeah, I almost was it. in tears at one point when same here when 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 Beach was talking about how he wishes he could say sorry to the sixteen year old kid that went through the same thing or even worse, whatever it was. Because he didn't say something sooner. Yeah, like, I wish think I about the said weight something. of that. Oh. Like, whoa! First crap. of all, you already think you, that it's you, that, that you're the problem. Like uh-huh. he brought this on himself. Then he tells superiors, and nothing happens. And then the same person does something to a kid, mm-hmm. and he feels responsible. And that person gets a Stanley Cup ring, his name on the Cup championship parade. It's awful. It's an awful look. The Chicago Blackhawks, as far as I'm concerned, right now, as of yesterday and the day before. I think they're doing the right things. They By cleaning house. Cleaning house. Get rid of all of this culture. Um, there still are some ancillary pieces to this. Uh, Coach Q. Yeah. Shame on you. Shame, shame, shame. Shame on you, dude. Kevin yeah. Shevel Day Off. I know Kevin Shevel Day Off very well. Shame on you too, man. You guys screwed this up. I don't know what Joel Quenville's future holds for him. Uh, and I know that the pressures of winning in the National Hockey League or any pro sports league, it, it, it's there, especially if you've got a team that can win a championship. But it's a video guy. It's a video guy. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Actually, I shouldn't word it like that. It's a human being, your hockey player, that wasn't safe anymore. So it doesn't matter if it's a stick boy, a video guy, an assistant coach, the GM. Shame on you guys, man. You got This is This is awful. Uh, I think personally, the NHLPA too is responsible for some of this as well because apparently uh, the young man reached out to the NHLPA, had a discussion with somebody, and nothing was ever followed up on. So shame on the PA. He as was well. failed by everyone, literally. Everybody failed him on this. Um, but I think there's, I think that there's a a way to spin this. And what I mean by that is now that he's come out and they're cleaning house, and hopefully the NHL does the right thing with with Quenville and Shevel Dayoff again. Joel Quenville, as my coach and as a person to me, was fantastic. I would have a beer with Joel anytime, a cigar, whatever it was. What he did in that decision was awful and was wrong, and he needs to pay the price for it. That's the bottom line. Those two things can be separated about the same person. You can have two different opinions about the same person. I personally, moving forward, wouldn't choose to have a beer with Joel after all this stuff, Um, but he was good to me. So all that put aside... I think there's a way to spin this for future considerations. And what I'm talking about is this young man, uh, this young man, Beach, make him your liaison for the NHLPA now. You call this guy and you offer him a job as the crisis liaison, whatever it is. And you put him as the guy that anybody in the league, any player that's drafted to the NHL, any player that's under contract in the NHL, they re- if they come into certain situations that are like this or that they feel are like this, they can reach out to him anonymously, and then he deals with the NHLPA doctors and psychiatrists and all that stuff so they can put together a plan to help this young man. Why? He's been through it. I, if I'm a player and it happened to me, do I want to call a guy who's an expert but he's never been through it? No. Yeah. Or I'd yeah. rather talk to the guy who's been through it, kind of talk freely to that individual because I'm not going to feel like I'm being judged at all. Then they relay that message to the experts who can come in and give them the tools to deal with it properly. I think there's an opportunity there to make this a lot better, to make something good out of a horrible situation. Yeah, and and the the young man is still playing overseas. He's over in Germany in the third league, which is craziness because his last year junior hockey had 52 goals. I, I don't care what era you're in. 
that's an incredible amount of goals. He should have been in the NHL. Should have been in the NHL. He should have been an NHL hockey player at least for a little while, and he never was. I'm assuming that uh, shortly after the incident is when his stats went down. Or is it? Is it? He just kind of got buried, Jeff. Man, oh, man. So whether that was his fault or the organization who said, "Meh, we just," I don't know. I can't. Oh, I'm not going to comment. You, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I'm not going to comment because I don't have the information, and I don't want to get in trouble for that. No, but, I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he should have been a guy who played NHL hockey games, and he never did. If you knew about this and did not take it where it needed to be, you deserve to lose your job. Yeah. Well, look at all the players, too. What a tough position for everybody. I do feel for both sides of uh, of the equation here because you have Jonathan Taze, who's a 22-year-old captain at the time. It goes back to the argument now of should you really give the C to such a young guy, even though he shows tremendous leadership abilities – it's tough. Patrick Kane was 21. Taze was 22. What do you do? What do you do? Yeah, man. You're brand new to the NHL. You don't really know how it works. You're, you know, as a young guy, even though you're the captain, you don't know how long that can be and you don't want to damage your own career. This power that certain people in higher positions have in any walk of life, it can be really hard on young players and specifically in crazy situations like this, awful situations. So, I don't know. I, I feel awful for, for the young man who went through it. But at the same time, I feel I feel bad for the other players, too, who were younger at the time who didn't have the necessary information to try and help the kid. What do you think of the comments from Taves and Kane since then? I don't want to talk about that. Okay. You know? no, we don't I'm not being to. a dick. I'm just saying. Totally um, you know, I don't know. Okay. I, again, I don't agree with his comments. He's a much older human being now. I think that he could have said, you know, in hindsight, um, at the time, this is the way I felt. Now, in hindsight, I feel differently. And things have changed drastically in the last 24 to 48 hours. My opinion of these people has changed moving forward. But I cannot deny how I felt regarding these people in the past. And that's kind of what I just said about Joel Quenville. Yep. I'm not going to deny the fact that Joel Quenville was was very good to me and that I, I enjoyed Joel very much as a head coach. But moving forward, I, I just... I don't want to be a part of. You got to get that guy's name off the cup. Which guy? The, oh, jeez, you're right. So think about that, Donnie. Do you take Bowman, Bowman Quenville, McIsaac, Shevel Dayoff, the video coach? Anybody who knew about it should they their name come off? In my opinion, yes. In my opinion, yes. But I, I know it's an awful situation. That again, you know what? We can sit here because I don't think we have a solution for what happened in the past. Yeah. But I think moving forward, the solution would be to put this young man in a position of power to help other people that may be going through this. And it could be anything. It could be an intern on a team that gets to contact this individual. Maybe the NHL. Never mind the PA. Maybe the NHL gives this young man a job and says, hey, you're our crisis liaison now for anybody in the workplace that has a problem with this, that, the other. You've experienced it. I would try to turn this young man into a hero right now so that he doesn't feel – like he does anymore because of the crying and, and the shame that he felt. No, man, he should be made into something much greater than that. And, and I think that he should be in a position of real power, mm-hmm. and and not a you know not not a position you know that for looks. I, he needs to be able mm-hmm. to make important calls to make things happen when he gets those calls. So it's not just you know well, like well, just imagine how this right. So if somebody calls him, let's say it's a player, and says, "Hey, this is kind of weird. This what's going on here." Okay, great. He takes it to his his experts, right? And then they call for a meeting with said team. He should be in on that meeting with the experts, not the player. He shouldn't be there. 
and they should go in and discuss what's going on, and he should be right there so that he can say, bull, this is not the way it's going to go. So so you're, you're saying that he can be the representative for the player. Yeah, basically, like, yeah. A, not a lawyer, because right. that's that's not what I mean, but but the voice of the player. Well, just mm-hmm. just think about how this guy's life would have turned out completely different if he would have had somebody like what Jamie's suggesting. Well, this there. could have got nipped in the bud right away. Yeah. It could, like, it's not going to take back what happened, but it could have changed things drastically. Chicago Blackhawks in 2011 could have been revamped. The culture cleaned out. That kid could have had a fresh start in that organization and made a more of a career for himself. Who knows? And also one thing, just one thing real quick. I believe that when the Devils tampered with uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, they were fined $3 million. I know. And the Hawks were fined $2 million yesterday. I think that that can change, possibly. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, and I don't even play one on TV. Um, but you should. I, I could maybe pull it off. I know a level of legality, certain avenues. Um, but, yeah, it's stupid. The NHL has to – the NHL right now, Gary Bettman, and in fairness to Gary Bettman, this has been a lot that's been just vomited onto his plate, right? You're like, whoa. And Chicago's cleaned house over there. Now he's got a meeting with Quenville and Shevel Dayoff. He has to lay the law down. He has to. And then follow up maybe again and say, based on more information that I've received, uh, there is supplemental discipline, maybe draft choices, maybe money, maybe something. You have to kick a team in the you-know-what for letting this happen. Absolutely so. Last Minute Blues podcast is brought to you by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. And again, I got to remind you, we will be out at Brett Hull's Junction House on Saturday. Uh, Three o'clock is go time for a live taping of the Last Minute Blues podcast with Hall of Famer, Brett Hall. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you, no? you know, uh, you're 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 one of Burton and I's Hall of Famers. Yeah, you could be in the Broadcast Hall of Fame I'm someday. actually in the Hall of Fame, believe yeah, it or not. I think it's, you told us this, the Juniors Hall of Fame. Yeah. Well, the Juniors Hall of Fame, and then also in the actual Hockey Hall of Fame, they have a Hockey Canada section. And the team that I played on, the World Junior Championship, we won the gold medal. We were the first team to ever go undefeated. And so they had us all sign a hockey stick, and that hockey stick is in the Hall of Fame. So I'm kind of in the Hall of Fame. No, can- no, you are in the Hall of kinda, Fame. That's yeah. not kind of. I mean, Canadian you- Hockey Hall of Fame, so it's up in the attic. <laughs> no, it's a real Hockey Hall of Fame. I know, but it's just in the attic. It's, it's in the Team Canada spot, which is located in Canada. So it's it's probably a little more. Dude, oh, wait, oh, okay, so it's, but it's actually in Canada. It's in the actual Hockey Hall of Fame oh, okay. in Toronto. Oh, no, that's kind of cool. See, these are different. We're different people. Because if that were me and my name was in there, you bet your ass everyone would know that I was in the Hockey Hall of Fame. <laughs> if you squint really good, you can see the old JR number 12 on the stick. Dude, that is awesome, yeah. man. That, that is, is awesome. But come out really and see us on Saturday as we are are really, it's going to be a great time. I've heard uh, you should get there at two because it's going to be crazy. I've I heard one. I've I, heard we're going to start at three. I don't know what's going on here. Jeff, um, what we're planning on doing here is they call it um, controlled chaos. All right, I believe that's fine no, uh, in all In all honesty, I've heard get there at one. Okay. Not us. You know, we're going to be there about two, but get there at one so you can get settled and get whatever. And it, it, they're planning on large numbers for yeah. this. And so get there at one. Uh, two o'clock, we're doing something. You and I, we're doing like a meet and greet with some people. Okay. And three o'clock, we start the podcast live for about an hour. Right. And then we'll do some Q&A for about a half hour. And then I think Brett has to boogie out of there and then we'll finish that up we'll wrap it up about five and then i've got a boogie downtown for the game as well yeah and i gotta go to a halloween party you wearing that shirt to uh, ballpark village i might as well 
<laughs> wear that shirt. I'm, I might as well. I got to tell you, I'm the worst when it comes to Halloween. I love holidays with the kids. I love them all. I make a huge deal out of all of them. This is Mary's holiday. Oh, I cannot, it is. I cannot stand it. Yeah. I am, I'm so over Halloween. I can't <laughs> really? wait for it to be over. Yeah. yeah, man. This year's been different for me, too. It's just everything in personal life is different. So it's like, how am I going to approach Halloween and yeah. you know, how are we doing it? How does this work? I don't know. The kids are over here. No, the kids are at your place. No, they're not. They're running from house to house. Okay. I'm just going to put a fire pit out in the driveway. <laughs> and have a good time. A cooler yeah. with some beer and hand out candy to kids. See, the best part is, though, is that my, my father-in-law makes the best, and I mean the best chili and he will he will be uh, dishing it out on Ooh. on Sunday. I do love chili on Halloween, and that is one thing I that will. Is a tradition that is us. one thing I will miss is um, the the old situation. There was good chili involved. Mm-hmm. Now I'll have to. We'll have chili on, on Eureka if you want to stop by. Dude, and her parents. Jeff, I, nobody's allowed in your house on Halloween. <laughs> and her parents live in a Don't full Don't they put candy a sign in your front yard? Yeah, the lights will be out. But... Don't they do that? It, did, did they come and put an actual roadblock at the will end of your you driveway? Stop. Will you stop? <laughs> People believe that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the roadblock is gone as of March. <laughs> Good behavior for the last yeah. five years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Come and see us on Saturday, uh, Brett Hulls Junction House in Winsville. The fun gets going at 3 o'clock. You're going to need to get it there earlier. But if you need details, 1057thepoint.com or 101 ESPN.com. We'll have all of the details for you. This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango. Thank you very much for listening. Share us with your hockey-loving friends. And as always, let's go Blues! The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors, we're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.